Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Queer Superhero Show right here on YouTube with myself, Mardi, the Queer Superhero. What makes us unique as a community is that we pride ourselves in the multi-talents that we have within this industry. And there are so many people who get to do some beautiful work out there. And I think it's so important for us to make sure that we kind of acknowledge them and also to highlight the fact that we exist in different spaces and in different industries. And that is something that is very important to me. Joining us today is actor, storyteller, entrepreneur, Didi Ndekuno. <laughs> you know, this show, ha, ha, ha. Yes, I'm so happy you actually like invited me to come Girl, and join you. you. Um, we haven't done this in so long. I, think I know. <laughs> I used to have a show called The Mondi Show. Yes. And Didi was one of the guests that I actually had on The Mondi yes. Show. Um, and she performed a monologue actually on the show. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do oh remember my God, that. Guys, I come from far. Guys, we've grown. Hey? Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, Rukhudile. Oh, my God. Mm. Like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> All right, so it's so important for us to really talk about how people identify on the show and what their pronouns are. So I often start off the show by saying, hi, I'm Mondi, I identify as queer, mm-hmm. and my pronouns are they, them, and they. So how do you yes. identify and what are your pronouns? My name is Didinja Kuno. I uh, am queer, and I identify as her, she. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Listen, identity is a very important thing to us. Very important, yeah. Uh, and I think I love it when we actually get to have this conversation. But I want you to take us to your earlier stages when you became aware of your particular identity. And, yes. and this is to demystify the ideology that we just woke up and decided to be queer. Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of, um, especially in the black community, yeah. there is a real stigma and perception that, you know, you either just choose to be queer because you want to and you can do that Mm. but there is also the fact Mm. and the reality that you are born this way and it's fine you know like we need to really take away that stigma um the first time i realized that you know i am queer and that i am bisexual Mm. was when i was 16 Mm. but then i think the first time that I was able to say it out loud because of fear of being judged. Now, uh, remember, I'm from, you know, a small town. Yes, like Osana, same as I, girl. Right? Everybody's small towns. Exactly. Mm. And I never really had a lot of exposure to uh, a lot of queer women. Yeah. It was mostly queer men. Mm. You know, especially growing up in high school, that I wasn't really exposed to Definitely. Uh, uh, the existence of people like me. So when I was opened up to a bigger reality outside of my hometown and I moved to Johannesburg to study drama, that's when I... That's when I learned. And let me tell you, this is a funny story. So one of my, <laughs> one of my uh, best friends, the first person that I became friends with mm. when I moved to Johannesburg, she was bisexual, right? And um, she was dating another girl. Mm. And I remember being so fascinated mm. <laughs> by their relationship. I remember feeling like... You know, every time I'd see her and her girl, you know, uh, visiting each other at, at the South Point building that I stayed at, Haldenay's. <laughs> I remember just like, as as soon as they were done seeing each other, I'd... Oh, my friends. 
Show me, tell me. Everything. Yes. Because I just felt like um, when she would share her experiences in her relationship i was living vicariously through, through her, her yes. because i never i never had, had the that, opportunity yeah. to explore that aspect of my sexuality so everything that i wanted to mm. all the questions and she was so kind all the questions that i had for her she just answered them yeah. freely and she created such a space of refuge mm. for me to you know at the time come to terms with the fact of who I am, yes. what I like, yes. what I prefer, and that it is not wrong mm. or that I'm not weird. Yes. Because obviously when I first realized it at 16, I felt really like, weird yeah. about it, yeah. right? I, I, there was no one in high school that was queer except for one boy, and he was a few grades younger than me. And I just felt, you know, you go through this really sad um, time, especially when you're an adolescent, where you want to assimilate mm. with the crowd. You want to try and be like everyone, everyone else, else, right? Very true, very true. And then once you are exposed to the world and you meet different people and you come out of your shell, you then realize, oh... Okay, yeah. um, I have the space to be myself. Yeah, I don't have to yeah. exist in the binary because um, I see other people doing it. Mm. And that is why it's so important to have uh, influential people like you oh, who can, great. who can, and I've expressed this on Instagram so many times. And today you still inspire me to. Live in my truth, yeah. and that it is okay. Yeah, and it's beautiful. It's, beautiful. it's a beautiful experience. Mm. You know, it's yeah. beautiful to live in your truth and to be yourself and to be authentic in it. I'm keen to find out. I mean, who are one of the first few people that you shared this with when you got to that level of acceptance of self, yes. or where you started to realize, okay, this is me, and I'm really gonna like live yes. in this truth. You yes. know, it can become very scary because a lot of the of time course it's very think, scary. We don't think, oh, if I tell my mom and dad, oh, it's gonna be. Oh! Like this. I'm gonna tell no, you about the story no, I told my mom and dad no. <laughs> but first mm. the first people that I could share it with was um, it, it all happened in my first year mm. and it was my best friend at the time mm. um, when she was seeing you know her ex yes. at the time and then it was uh, I remember I was so fascinated with this show called The L Word yes. Ooh, and even the old show did. it's, it's a, very you one of the really, really no, old No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the old one, yeah. The 2004. The yeah, 2004, yeah, no, um, yeah, Beth I don't know how I watched and that Tina. when I was so young, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful. beautiful, beautiful but show. although, you know, it was a representation of white, white lesbian. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm um, queer as folk. There's exactly. a show called Queer as Folk, which is just a white game. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. So, I mean, at the time, I could... I had the sense of realizing, Hori, they have a different privilege mm. uh, because, well, that side in the Americas, uh, they were still dealing with stigma. Mm. But, I mean, they're white. Mm. They're women. Yeah. They're, and they occupy they're not, industries that not a lot of black people are able to that occupy. That not a lot of black people are able to occupy. Yeah. And they're of a, dif a different economic yeah. stance than what I was back yes. then watching it. So I knew that there were differences and that they had a, a certain privilege. But I think the humanity of these characters and yes. just seeing characters like me. And then they introduced um, a trans character. Ah! 
that. And then they introduced a bisexual character. Mm. And then as I was going through my journey, you know, of just being open yeah. about my sexuality, I then understood mm. the the discrimination and the prejudices yeah. that bisexual people face. Yes. And I remember watching it at that time and mm. I didn't understand it. But having lived through it, I understood it completely, Definitely. especially within my context. So I had a cousin mm. who, um, from my father's side, mm. who moved to Matlosana and was studying but also working. And she worked at uh, my parents worked very hard invested and they yeah, bought property yeah. in town and then they turned it into a guest house mm. and so uh, if i wasn't uh, if it was holiday go south point you know go south point back then they would tell the the students to go back go, home during yeah, holidays yeah, no one was yeah. allowed to stay oh wow go jobek hey yeah so you would go back home and then you know hakifi tlagai i would make sure gore gatusa i i i help you know Oh, I work yeah. at the reception and then she came into my life and I realized she's she's queer but mm. she was like butch now yes. I know I know you know I try to refrain from categories yes. but then I as mean, human yeah, beings I mean, we, have we have terms to, to terms like, that, like you know put you in, in that, you know yeah. just so we can help ourselves Understand identify because yeah. our limited thinking mm. you know yeah. so, she, so she was like a flaming butch and I was so fascinated by mm. her you were just like, Ooh, I was so fascinated by her but she was my cousin mm. so I couldn't even do that yeah. right yeah. but but then, um, so then I spoke to her about this show that I was watching mm. and um, she would have conversations with me yeah, yeah. and it was like us, right? Yeah. So she would give me the context of what it felt like to be in her experience um, and the violence, mm. like the, the, the rape culture around mm. how girls like her Yes. was happening at that time at that like time. and it was rife rife yeah, rife yeah, huge. i remember wanting to uh um invite her to an exhibition i think it was the year after in my second year mm. at the stevenson gallery where yes. zanele uh, yeah zanele yes. moholy was having incredible an, artist oh incredible she was artist. having an exhibition about Kuri, the 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 violence and mm. the rape that was happening to queer women, yeah. especially go the locations, mm. and she was yo, she was so brave she because was. she took pictures of what, the horrendous things, the the the, <coughs> the, 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 the killings and the murders, yeah. and yeah. she told the stories of these women, and she mm. and she put herself out there as a queer woman, mm. and then she exhibited it on the Stevenson uh, platform yeah. for all of us, and it gained so. Much, uh, yeah, so much it, it traction. Spoke a lot. It spoke about a yeah, lot, and it yeah. exposed a lot. Yeah. It was the, f I think it was the. We've all known about the rape culture, ne? but I think it was the first time as young millennials coming into out outside of our adolescence into our young adulthood. Yes, that was the yes. first time we were uh, dealt with it, and it was very painful. Mm. So I remember having those dialogues with her, mm. and I remember. Just also, she created a safe space Thanks. for yeah. me to just ex explore, explore and yeah. talk and yeah. ask questions. Because mm. sometimes, you know, when you when are with your community, change, yeah, you, you have curious. questions. Yeah, that's very true. Very and true. I remember also feeling very angry about, um, at that time, 
<laughs> I, I remember she judged me a lot thinking I was very like bi-curious. Mm. So just like, ooh, what's this? Yeah, what's this? I want to try it out. I want to try it out just yeah, for trying out sake. In the meantime, yeah. And not to say that if you're bi-curious, it's a problem. No, we have but questioning in LGBTQIA+. Yes. Yeah, you can question yourself. You can, mm. and it's fine, and you should, yeah. right? You should always be in a state of self-reflection yeah. and self-introspection. Mm. But I, I was so annoyed with her because I just felt like judged that, you know, if you are bisexual, it's always a, th- a dimension of confusion. Yeah, confusion, oh, yeah, literally. That's how people perceive it, which I think is, is kind of wrong. But it, it leads me to talk a little bit about prejudice because I want to talk a little bit about prejudice, you know. What are some of the prejudices that you've experienced? I mean, ever since going through that journey, I mean, we talked yeah. a little bit about that ideology of people thinking just because you're bisexual, you're mm. confused. You're you confused. You can't decide between the two. Yes. You know, maybe something is wrong. Or you, or you want to play between, you know, both the, the sexes that are out there for you. You can just have fun when you want yeah, to. Yeah, like you know? a promiscuity. Yeah, promiscuity. So when yes. you... But in with us gay people in general, ne. Mm. There is a sense, yeah, but promiscuous and rejects. Yes. So that that's that exactly was what happened to mm. me. As soon as I felt brave enough to just at a party or in social circles, chillas yeah. or whatever, talk about, hey, no, I'm bisexual. Mm. There was a real sense of hypersexuality that was placed on me, like a, like. Like an objectification, right? And what would anger me is seeing other bisexual women Mm. play into that. So they would like, yeah, you know, they would hypersexualize themselves for what? And I think it was to feel like they belong or like a a sense of validation or a sense of I'm, I'm beautiful, I'm sexy, I'm worthy. And so they allow people to objectify themselves. And I never really... Um, connected with that from the get-go. Yeah, it yeah. was also a thing of having straight hetero men and mm. women ask me weird questions about sex. Like, who goes around asking people, what do you do when you're having sex? Yeah. What the hell? Like, it, yeah. it really used to yeah, get, grate my get you, Yeah, because it's, it's, it's an immediate sexualization of your identity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, there's no depth in starting the dialogue mm, of our mm, identities through mm, that lens. Definitely. There's no allowance for us to go deeper into what it is to mm. be us. And yeah, it used to, it used it to really, lot, right? it became a lot. And um, I, it used to anger me a lot. Mm. And I remember just feeling uh, misunderstood, yeah, you know, yeah. constantly misunderstood. And um, as a result, um, not accepted for, who I am mm. and um, ugh, but then you grow older and then you r- release the need to be accepted by yeah. society yeah. Yeah. and then you realize that your individual voice and your authenticity is far and I mean far more important than what you know people mm. who have very limited ideas and an understanding yeah. of I- themselves yeah. You, you start to care less about what people think about you. Are there you. things in, in your schooling years that you that you wish you knew that you know now? I mean, I think a lot oh. of the times when we reflect upon our life, we realize, ah, oh, if I'd learned a few things when I was younger, you know, and, 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 and figured that part out, I would have navigated my high school years properly. I would have gotten into university with a greater understanding of myself as well. Yes. Are there things that you feel like you wish you knew when you were younger that you now know? 
I wish um, because when I was younger, I had a really uh, artistic an urgency to express myself artistically yeah, and I was yeah, such a yeah. little nerd and geek about Broadway musicals me too and- <laughs> girl girl, girl. I legit literally had a huge R in my room yes. of like billboard like like literally yes. Broadway posters everywhere ask anyone I went to high school with they'll tell you they're like yo that was a colorful room and that was my room I legit was gonna be like but that's expression I, yeah, that's like, self expression oh I get. I think one day I'm gonna win a Tony guys yes and, and I'm for and as a creator, you know, I always said I'm going to be a Broadway producer somehow, yes, you know, and darling. I think that's kind of like the ideology. I haven't given up because people are like, yo, do you still do musical? I'm like, yo, you know what? I still do it somewhere Babes, in my head. Uh, you should anyway. I will. I will. Trust me. Anyway. Mm. But yes, I was such a little nerd and geek about music, yeah. about acting and performing, about musicals specifically and yeah. Broadway musicals. Yeah. Um, and we never had drama or any of those things uh, growing up in my high school and mm primary school so i remember feeling like <laughs> a nerd i remember feeling like a geek mm. about it and uh i remember my parents now saw this little talent and these gifts and then they would uh, save up whatever they could and take me to piano and flute classes oh, you wow. know they tried and then it was me who stopped them oh, wow. because there was a a real sense yeah i'm not like anybody else around here no one's talking about being an actor or a singer Mm. or an artist or a painter you know that's not a career even Mm. i remember even those career surveys that we had to those guidebooks they never really had space for us artists they They definitely weren't inclusive and so i felt like well i don't want to be poor i don't want to be different from others and i wish i i had the sense of knowing hurry my unique voice mm. and my uniqueness is my that's my magic yes and yes. I, I, superpower, I, my superpower i superpower, wish darling. i had continued with it's... those piano lessons i wish i had sang more yeah, i wish yeah, i had yeah. written more stories mm. i wish i didn't feel embarrassed you know there was a time where i was shamed in my english class mm. for we were studying king lear and we had to do um Getting prepared reading. Mm. Yeah. Those my, my those were my favorites because then I'd you know, stand yeah, in front of my I, desk or say I was those characters. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt so weird because mm. people were just like, Whoa, she's so passionate. Yeah, she's so serious. She's girl, so serious about this, this King Leah. Like, <laughs> I was also that girl. Exactly. So I, I wish then that that, that is language. a gift. Yes, mm, right? It so it's because we knew that mm. it was a mode of communicating and it was very important yeah. to to know how to communicate in that in mode that, yes, because yes, it yes. forms part of your artistic yes, expression wow. as a performance artist. But I had no mind. I had no mm. guidance around that. Yeah. I was filled with a lot of self-doubt and, and shame on top of yeah, the, of on top identity. of my feelings. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god listen i wanted to talk about and i'm glad that you we spoke a little bit about these things that you went through in high school as well and then we, we got to draw parallels of that but i want to talk about purpose you know mm. do you feel that you have found purpose and how would you define purpose you know i mean recently throughout this session of actually finding out a lot about people's purposes people define purpose differently yeah. some feel as though you're constantly finding your purpose yeah and that is not something that you necessarily just arrive to mm. you know so i'm very keen to find out have you found your purpose and how would you define purpose i think it's different for different people mm. i think for mm. others um 
your purpose comes out in your childhood yeah, yeah. from a very early stage like us. Yeah. I think uh, part of our purposes of being artists came up much it came up when we were kids yeah. for other people they just have to sort of find it and they have to explore so mm. i don't think of purpose in that linear way mm. um but i do believe that every single person is born on this earth with a purpose with a reason Definitely. yeah for a reason yeah. with a purpose yeah. Yeah. and the more that you are inauthentic mm. the more you run away from yourself the more you delay yeah. understanding what you are here to do and in what scale that you're going to do it and how you're going to go about it. I love it, that. You know? Yeah. So it is important to explore uh, your purpose, but the only way you find that out is through self-exploration and through yeah. being truthful and authentic about who you are. Mm. So then the the journey of finding what it is you need to do. Yeah. You know what? I also believe, Hore. The natural gifts and talents that were given when we're children, when we're adolescents, mm. even now, the dreams that we have, yeah. like uh, our aspirations, the things that we want to do, mm. those are messages from Those are messages mm. from our God mm. telling us which direction to go in our lives. Definitely. So you have to listen to your dreams. You have to go after your dreams because they they probably are taking you towards your purpose. Definitely. Wabon? Yeah. yeah. Wow, I love that. I love mm. that so much. It's so empowering to somebody who's listening. I think, you know, I want us to talk a little bit more about mental health. And I, oh, yeah. And I, and, I, and I think this is a very important conversation within just our industry mm. at large. Yes. And just being queer as well. And oh, yeah. And having to navigate the spaces that you navigate. Yes. Have you dealt with mental health and how have you navigated that? I mean, really, mm. just the crevice of everything. Yeah. I think, um, given our past mm. and our uh, the violence mm. of the past that we come from yeah. I think everyone has dealt with, with mental, mental health issues maybe at varying degrees but we are part of the lineage of apartheid mm. everyone yeah. has dealt with uh, mental issues because of that context yeah. but when it comes to personal things yes i have dealt with pers um with mental issues i have dealt with depression especially after i was um assaulted sexually assaulted mm. i was raped mm. and so um surviving that um that assault and that uh, invasion it, it, I went through a very tough time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. happened in my varsity years. And I, I suffered a lot, a lot. mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I was going through a lot of inter internal uh, turmoil. Mm. Um, so I do have experienced that. And I am related to uh, someone who does deal with a mental condition. Yeah. A, a, chronic, a chronic mental illness. Wow. Right, mm. which is tough. Yeah. Um, so yes, my relationship with mental uh, illness and yeah. mental health is yeah. a very close one. Mm. Um, how, how how would you say? I mean, have you dealt with? Uh, I mean, someone who has dealt with mental health. Did you have any case of suicidal ideation? And how did you combat that? Because I think sometimes when we are dealing mentally, and especially when you've done when you've dealt with something traumatic as, mm. as a sexual assault, mm. you know, I can imagine that the... It takes you out of your body, right? Literally, literally. Yeah, and you feel very lost <coughs> and you feel um, 
alienated with the world. You yes. go through, a, a, in psychology, they called it, and it was part of the reasons why I took psychology as a major too. Yes. They, they called it a dissociation, mm. where you are traumatized, however you are traumatized, and yes. then you just go through these next few weeks of your life so dissociated, like, you feel like you're out. Yeah, you're, like you're in and out of your reality. Yeah, it's like you're watching yourself live the life. Like you're, you're just observing, yeah, and not from yeah, like a, yeah. not from like a detached, empowering way. From a helpless and yeah, point. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving I, don't I don't know where, know where I'm moving. What's happening? And a whole because it's numbing as well. Then you you it's a it's a difficult thing because you also lose you disassociate with your own feelings, mm. so you don't know anymore that you are feeling angry yeah. or you don't even care yeah. that you are feeling angry or sad or happy yes. so it's a very sad place to be and that can that mostly leads to suicidal ideation mm. and 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 suicidal ideas and thoughts mm. um and how you best deal with it yeah. it's very tough when you're quite dissociated but i remember I remember part of the dissociation was a, was also this feeling of pride. Mm. Like, and when I say pride, I mean, Hori, it's like a weird thing of, why should I care? Because yeah. nobody, nobody cares. And I don't want to let people know. I don't want to let people know of this thing because I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable and I don't want to seem weak. weak. And I remember, yes, yes, yes. I remember also learning like running away from going to these group therapies of rape survivors. And I remember going through this stage where I thought, well, nah, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to victimize myself. I'm not a rape survivor. I'm a thriver and I'm not, I'm not going to classify myself in that group. And that was wrong. And that was the depression speaking mm. and, and the, the dissociation and the yeah, trauma. Yeah. And the best, and there were times where I did feel suicidal. And also that relative that I spoke, I just spoke of, mm. tried to commit suicide at some point wow. of their lives. And so I think the best way to do deal with it from my personal experience is just to not be afraid mm. to ask for help yeah. even when things seem very dismal and things seem like it's just not gonna work so what's the point, point of just continuing anyway yes you know just reach out and ask for help because first of all it doesn't hurt to have just a, a smidgen of hope mm. that things could turn around yeah, yeah, and yeah. It also doesn't hurt to to give it a try. I know in the moment you're thinking, but what's the point? Mm. I'm gonna get hurt again. again. But then yeah. I remember th rem I remember um, meditating on these words at the time. Hore, part of the human experience is suffering. Yeah. Like suffering is something that we're all going to experience, whether yeah, we are aware of it or not. Or not. So really it's really about just how you navigate that suffering and how you come, how you deal with it yeah. because everyone suffers. And not to say that your traumas are like not valid, but everyone is, is going through some form of suffering. Yeah. Why make the process 
even more harder for yourself when you can actually turn it around and just seek support from the relevant support systems yeah, and structures yeah, because they are there definitely. even in your room in the darkness of it all you feel like no one is seeing you or you mm. feel isolated from your experience yeah. because you you're not talking to people about what you're going through and so you feel alone but i'm telling you if you just if you just try and reach out to mm. um a, a an institution that can help you with yeah. that and i'm not talking about like these institutions that are going to be quick to drown you in medication yeah, i'm talking about you right yeah. that's yeah. another part of the mental health situation that must be dissected yeah. like and the misdiagnosis yeah. but you have to be you have to go and see what your diagnosis is it's but then you don't yeah. get misdiagnosed ah it's a lot but it then is. go and reach out for help yeah. and help yourself yeah. you know Thank you for choosing life. Thank you for just yes. uh, choosing to be here and to speak about it. You know, yes. I think that's such an important thing because mental health is something that I've dealt with. Yes, that I know. I've struggled with for so long I as know. well. And and to finally be in a position where I I know that I'm not alone and I've got people like yourselves mm. in this industry where we're kind of going through this together in some sense. You yes. know, because our experiences are somewhat similar. Somewhat similar. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank yes. you so much. I think it's really a beautiful chat that we are having with Didi today, and I think for me, it's quite important for us to be having these conversations we're going to be getting into identity defined and when we come back we're going to continue with this very insightful conversation with Didi Kuno right here on the Queer Superhero Show What up, what up, what up? This is Marlon67. I am gay, identifying, and sexually fluid. What that means is that who I have sex with does not define my sexual orientation. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, Betty. That was Identity Defined right here on the Queer Superhero Show with myself, Monty, the Queer Superhero. Please do make sure that you get into it. It's a queer encyclopedia, I call it, because it's all about <laughs> accessing the different identities that actually Yay. do come onto the show. And I think one day it could be something that could be included in a school curriculum. <laughs> you never know, baby. I love your thinking. Yeah, I know. You're, you're so forward thinking. Oh, crazy. And so we, we need to build oh, like, um, we need to build a, what, an archive. Yeah, an archive. Yes. Literally. That's the whole idea behind that. Good. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Like, ah! <laughs> I think this is the moment where you have to ask me about my tattoo because I, you want to yes, know. Yes, why. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, this okay. Is the so, what was the what Inspir what was the inspiration and the influence to get the tattoo? Yeah. Why there and what is it, friend? Yeah, that's a really beautiful question. What inspired me was the fact that I just went to, through a spiritual awakening and I felt like uh, in this time, this is how my ancestors wanted me. To, I think this is how they wanted to see themselves through me. Yeah. So I had a dream. It came on and it was actually right here on the spot. Yeah. And how it started, I just started drawing it on every day and I just got I was like, every day I have to draw it and then I get sweat and then it wipes off and then like my tattoo artist who's a very spiritually inclined person I was like you have to get that on your forehead it works it looks amazing and yes. I was like okay let's do it and then we did it and, and yeah it means water 
It means water. Uh, it's the first letter R of the letters that I'm creating in Sanskrit. Now, isn't I, that amazing that he's creating <laughs> his own language yeah, and letters? It's, it's kind of crazy. I think that's how I, I'm so in love with language. I've always loved language so much. I've always been good at language, which hey. is kind of crazy. My, even with my mother tongue, I was an A student in my hey, mother tongue. Yeah. I was like, even, but English, I was kind of tough, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I genuinely enjoyed language, you know. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I want to study as time goes. Because I think as we navigate in the future that we're going, Sanskrit is going to be like a form of communication yes. and it's how kind of like China has built its kind of empire in a sense as well um, yeah because they only use that kind of form of writing which or if and not just China alone like yeah, different, different Asian yeah, different uh, Asian countries, countries as well yeah even I mean when you think about Ethiopia yeah. and its own I'm fascinated by the fact that Ethiopia is the only African country that has never been colonized yes and they're the only African country with their own alphabet yes so I thought like that for me that it just got me fascinated and I was like wow if somebody can do that like why can I not especially in this modern time yeah. uh, we're post-colonialism future, yeah. yeah you know and we're building kind of the future of africa yes so yeah, thank you for that question that's amazing friend yeah. these are visionaries yeah. african visionary leaders oh, yeah. you, and i'm coming for you honey yes honey all right you know you are a feminine queer person yes. and uh, you know you you are quite uh, you know heterosexual presenting in a sense i would call it i mean mm. your gender expression is more feminine they would say yeah i mean i want to know how have you navigated that and are you aware of of certain privileges that does come with that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to flat out say it yeah. and be honest yeah. and authentic about the fact yeah. that I do know that um, because I present as hetero, um, there are certain privileges that I get, especially as an actress, yes. right? Yes. Um, and I think also part, uh, part and parcel of the reason why I do present and it's not on purpose like I'm open with everybody about who I am but I think part and parcel of it career wise is just because I get cast for hetero roles and so I don't know people just have the assumption that because you play hetero then there's no way that, that you, you could be, be gay yeah, yeah that you would be which queer which is kind of crazy isn't it yeah, isn't it crazy because pa- <laughs> I guess people don't understand the art form of performance <laughs> and acting so you can act yeah. something that you're yeah, not that's queer, part yeah. of what we do Literally. so yeah um, and I'm aware of it yeah. right I'm, yeah. I'm aware when I walk into a space that that is it and I realize that okay there's nothing necessarily wrong about it I must just be aware that like when I'm representing my community and my people Mm. that I'm not like I'm not somehow being hypocritical in my analysis and in my um, in in how I choose to just kind of like have a voice in the community and I'm aware of it I'm I'm completely aware of it and I don't think I ride on it Mm -hmm. I just I I don't know I think (laughs) I think for me the most beautiful thing is that awareness I yeah. think a lot of the times people are not aware of that mm. and, and, and they go on to just, you know, book the jobs and live their best mm. life and when they are dressed in in in, 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 in media in, mm. in, in an instance, you know, in interviews it's not something that they want to talk about you know, there's mm. always this ideology that people want to distance themselves from the artistry, you know, it's like that's my art. This is me. I don't want you to like. Oh no, but who they're I am. deeply connected. Yeah, but they're deeply connected, you know. <laughs> deeply. Yeah. Deeply. In connected. fact, I am working on something with a really close friend of mine who's a filmmaker and actress, and we are creating a queer non-binary character. Yes. But we are making damn sure 
that we know yeah. and that we're researching and we understand yeah. what we're doing because we wouldn't want to make the mistake of misrepresenting yeah, and yeah. painting a general brush mm. over non-binary people yeah. and um, just sticking to the authenticity of that and getting a non-binary actor to play to it. Really play it, yeah. And I know, I just said now, because that could be contradictory no, to what I just said now about acting. It's quite important what you're saying. And I, yeah. I'm going to, because I got asked the same thing in an interview. Sure. And they said, how do you feel about, uh, you know... Uh, a straight man a straight playing... Man a, a gay. queer character and I said I, I don't also want to undermine the queer the queer actor's ability to be versatile yes. because sometimes it can be very limiting to that actor if you think they're only just meant to play queer characters no 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 but however no, no. I do acknowledge that when cishead people play characters that are not necessarily gender conforming therein mm. lies the problem because they're you can't like... yeah you can't just alter that mentally no no you no know? you can't you, there's no way mm. and, and that's how I explain it it's like it's like a it's not necessarily a contradiction yeah it's, it's understanding how the community works, works and how that in itself we still are able to be artists w- within that in itself exactly yeah yeah. So yeah, please. I'd like to get your your sentiment as well on that. And how do you feel about it? I mean, you know, do you think that queer queer actors should play just queer roles, or do you feel no, like you... no? Mm. I think everybody should. I think the role should go to the best person to play the role. Mm. That's honest for me. Yeah. But at the moment, we do know that, like, just economically and also career-wise, it's very difficult for queer people to be able to excel in certain ways, right? Especially queer actors. And so I do think that it would be fair for queer actors to play queer roles. Mm, And be limited in that way. Because they know the lived experience Mm. really well. And they'd be able to, they'd be able to, not saying that like a cishead person wouldn't be be able able to to. tap into the authenticity (laughs) of that narrative, but they'd be able to tap in and we are getting a real fair share of representation Mm -hmm. in in, um, the stories that are being told. So, yes. Yes. Give them the roles, honey. Give them the roles. And you know, I'll I'll tell you this. It's it's a conscious decision that I made when I got casted for Surviving Gaza. Yes. That I... I want to be as firm as I can. That's why in all the media stuff that people have seen and all the stuff that has went out there with me is that I wanted to be as firm as I could because I wanted to be a, a complete juxtaposition for my character. You and, know? And, and, and I'm sure people were just like, yeah, was, let me tell you. And this I'm is an actor. The, the marketing director of a particular place, when they first <laughs> met me, they were like... <laughs> Because I was they really? as hell, you know. I walked in there, hi, honey, are we shooting the promo? Let's go, you know. And, and there was just like, was would just he like, be able what? to play Lipara against like, it? And they even told me, they're like, I don't know if this role is going to be it, but okay, if you say so. God, ha. so, so then, limited in their perception. Literally, and then after the thing we started doing now marketing, they come back and they're like, yo, I'm so sorry. Uh-huh, I'm I, so glad. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad they apologized like, yeah, and they came like, back to you. Yeah, they were like, I'm really sorry. Like, yo, like, I really misjudged you. I didn't think, like, you would be... Yeah. Like, I was scared. I was When I watched that character, I was genuinely scared. And, yes. And oh, like, my God, but you look so scary oh, in it, Brent. I, I, 
I haven't watched it yet because ah, I need to get Evod. No, I need to, to get Evod. You just go watch Evod, guys. Yes. Watch Evod. Watch Evod. <laughs> you stream it for free, guys. Oh my please, god, I'm so excited. I was just please. telling Apiwe yesterday that I am you definitely going to watch it. I think, uh, and also it's quite cinematic, you know, for some no, African standard. I thought yes. it was quite an impeccable film. Yes. And this is amazing because it leads to us. How did you get into acting? I mean, I think this is something amazing. You mentioned that you loved um, Broadway while growing up and you had this kind of fascination of like, you know, being in Broadway and loving musicals so yeah. much. I'm very keen that you, you were also conscious as a child that people around you were not necessarily supporting that kind of career outlet. As, or as, uh, not necessarily supporting it, but mm. just... There was no interest in it, and yeah. then I, in my limited yeah. perception yeah. as a kid, I wondered, well, why, why should I be interested in uh, in it as well? Mm. Um, so the first time I was on a stage, I was sixteen years old in a review, and my math teacher, who was very artistic, yeah, um, uh, put together this review of all these songs from the eighties, the nineties, the seventies that she put together and then she put a whole story around them and I played this security guard and I was just like, but this is so this is so fun and this was so interesting for me to do. I felt like I was exploring a different facet of myself Mm. already at that point. And it the stage didn't you know when as an actor, you generally sometimes you do get like a stage fright. Yes, yes, you do. No, yeah, I you think get that's stage natural. fright, but mm. there was just also another comfort, mm. like another like oh, this, this feels this seat feels so damn right. Mm. Yes, mm. and so mm-hmm. that's what it was for me. Then I realized actually maybe I should do this. Hey, eh? like yeah. maybe I should screw what what other people might be choosing for their careers yeah. or whatever. Yeah. What do I want to do? Yeah. You know, what is what comes naturally to me? Yeah. And so, so yeah, that's how I came into it. Like I I I went to this and I remember applying yeah. and the first option was like um I think it was urban regional planning because there was that sense of doubt, you know, in the, in the back of my hand and then the second uh degree was drama. And I got accepted for drama and regional, urban regional planning. Mm. And I was just like, and then my soul just like, drama, drama girl. Yeah, drama this girl. is where you are meant to be. Yes. And the rest is this year. I mean, look at how yeah. far you've come, Didi. I mean, the roles that you've graced. I mean, I still remember when I first met you, how happy I was. Because I was like, oh, this <laughs> girl that's exactly like me. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> you were such a chatterbox. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like that girl. I, I feel like we're the same box. person. I was like, "Who is this girl? How are we liking each other? Because we're all like uh, loud with Catrice." Ah, oh. gosh, yeah, that was a beautiful time. That was yeah, a beautiful yeah, time. I mean, yeah. also just getting to be in theater as well. Yeah, it's a beautiful experience. You yeah. Know? Um, how do you get into television? I mean, I think you know you mentioned a lot about you know theater and which is the element in the space you've worked in mostly. I mean, mm. when, when did that transition from theater to television come? I think my first television production was in I was still in varsity yeah it was for a lotion bioscope oh wow you did a girl you did a lotion bioscope I did many you did quite a few yeah I did quite a few and there's yeah it's great I love lotion bioscope but the girls rose from lotion bioscope exactly everybody starts there guys please everybody starts there people rose yes I think Natasha was also on a lotion bioscope at some point but look at the girl she's out here right easy right yeah this is good Mm. yeah this is good but I'm glad that we are able to 
occupy different spaces. Mm. And I think, how was that transition for you getting to work on a set for the first time? Mm, I mean, it just came naturally. Yeah. It yeah. came naturally. I remember I was doing a course, um, a screen acting course, and just the notes that were coming in. For the first time, Vitz decided to introduce a very foundational level of screen acting mm. as like a, a part of the semester. Yeah. And those the, the, the things that they were teaching us about, like screen acting, just came naturally. Mm. And then I started also a screen acting 101 course with Rajesh Gopi, who yeah. is an award-winning playwright and... Um, actor and theater director wow. and tv director um uh, he first cast me in my first lead role in a vitz production called yarma and then he kind of saw potential in me and took me onto his workshops to learn how to act for screen wow. and then from being really molded and shaped by Rajesh I joined um, Stephen Feinstein's Indigo View Actors Academy and then that's when yeah that's when I could distinguish just the different technicalities between theater and screen and I still I still train with Stephen to this mm, day because wow. I feel like actors should always just be stay in training if you can yeah 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 be sharpening the truth I think yeah. that's a beautiful thing I mean I want to talk a little bit about couch casting and I think a lot of the times I've seen this conversation being brought up but you know it's a it's a huge thing in Hollywood as well mm. um, is this something that still happens in our modern times and yes is this something that people still yet experience and that we yes. hear among the actors industry yes and, wow and it comes from the fact that things are just poorly regulated mm. in our country mm. right mm. and so there's just an ease for 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 the corrupt ways of yeah. how we put productions together to take shape and make way yeah. like cast couching still happens i mean we're mm. going to be singing the song of can we stop exploiting actors, actors yeah. for a very for a long, long time, time until yeah. things get regulated and yeah. until actors Yo, get I want them rights and royalties? Bill, yes, until that bill gets signed, yeah. we're going to be singing this song for yeah. a very long time. That bill but, makes me sad. But yeah, I've never actually experienced um, couch casting mm -hmm. because in... Well, I'm not going to lie. Mm. I've experienced being approached. Yeah. By a producer mm. and or a director, predatory vibes, mm. definitely. And um, I've experienced saying no and feeling like I just, I just shot myself in the of foot course, because yeah. I could be working right yeah. now. You know, experiencing a whole month or two of not working after, you know, having said no yeah. to having sex for, to you know, to being transactional be in that way for a job. Yeah. But I'm glad. I've worked for everything. Yeah. I've never had to hurt my legs. too hard to get to it. She needs to get yeah. to it. And it's fine. And, and that's beautiful, girl. You know, yeah. you got to keep your dignity. You got to keep yourself intact, honey. And I think, you know... And we don't know what people go through for them, for, to, for them to do that For them to well. do that. And, and so there's no, no passing judgment, yeah, no, right? No, no judgment But I just but can't live with myself. Yeah, yeah. And that's no, fine. No judgment as well. We also don't know what people actually do exactly. go through. Definitely. Yeah. But thank you so much for being able to share that. I mean, let's talk a little bit about how back in the days when actor would come out as queer and how I still believe that we still have people who are 
in the closet today yeah. because of be of be of the fear of being blacklisted as an actor for the moment you embrace your identity. Mm. And I think this is something I've seen, you know, where yeah. like if somebody comes out, they immediately just get be pushed into a stereotypical role that they always play. Yes. And they never get to be given the opportunity to play other roles. Mm. You know? And then on top of that uh, not just career-wise, but also personal, their personal lives also become um, a place where they become attacked. Yes, you yes, know, like all the time, all yeah. the time, especially now with social media. I think back then, yeah, um, there was a real crazy stigma, mm. and the gatekeepers really worked hard to do that. But now with social media, mm. it's even worse. The bullying and the Yo, discrimination. Yeah. And the just the wrath mm. and the hatred is easily communicated. Yes, you can easily yes, yes. be in, uh, uh, you know, feel like um, people are being invasive mm. if you do that. Yes. But it's such a tricky thing. That's why I just say, let people come out when they feel comfortable yeah. to come yeah, out. Definitely. Don't don't try to. Make people feel bad for yeah, not coming, coming out, out. Yeah. because you don't know their circumstances, so mm. don't judge people. But also, if you're not going to come out, then please don't be hypocritical. Yeah, please, because we know those hypocritical hands out there that be hating. But that time we know I what to be that. doing behind closed doors. I hate that shit. You know, that's I, I, it's an utter contradiction. And oh, I hate that shit. Of, it's what led to a lot of people outing people. People necessarily out people because they're angry at the at the hypocrisy. At the hypocrisy yeah, and and like, at the the hatred that yeah, you're now, that you're now spewing. spewing onto someone else when you, yeah, know, when you what know what you do. What you do. Stop. Like, please stop. Yeah, that. That's going to get you into a lot of trouble. Like, don't be that person just because you can fit in and you are, you know, a, a heterosexual presenting and you, mm. you know, like, please don't do that. Don't do that because that I, can be dangerous. I think about the situation with a specific actor who, mm. you know, was, it It came out that he, you know, was being intimate with, you know, a trans person. Yes, yes, and yes. That's I remember, story, actually. And I remember how that actor was just, it's very true. Like, we can't say that it's easier for queer people nowadays mm, because mm. for so many, for, centu- for not for centuries, but for decades, queer activists have been putting themselves and their lives and their family lives on the line yes, just yes. for them to have a rightful place in society. And to this day, an actor who is cishet or cishet presenting mm, yeah. will be ostracized for... for for, for liking what he likes. What he likes, you know. And also, that doesn't necessarily make them queer as well, you know. I, people, we, we, we shouldn't also push the ideology of queer identity on people. Because the moment that story comes out, people are thinking, yeah, he's a queer person now. No, he's not. You are only queer when you cho- when you accept that you are queer. Yes. You know, because it's not about that thing. There are people out there who are men who have sex with other men, but don't necessarily identify as queer. Mm. You know, and, and we should hold space for them in the community as well, you know. Mm. and, and What is, would you call that, friend? We call them MSM, darling. MSM. Yeah. And I was shook as well at that definition because I didn't have a great understanding on it. And, and mm-hmm. I will admit that because it, it was new to me. It's like, what? And then who? you can, yeah. and there's like judgment that you can place on that, that you can right? Place, we yeah, can be definitely. very critical. Critical, right? Very yeah. true. You know, because I was like, what? There are people who can just like, I just want to have sex with you, but I don't have to identify. But it kind of, like and I mean, the critique and the judgment yeah. is that it kind of feels 
cowardice. Yeah, it also some feel like we're being used yes. for people's sexual pleasure and fantasies. Exactly. Because you know, I end up thinking, okay, so I'm just. And like, that I'm is like, a big possibility. Yeah, and that's a, yeah, that's a big possibility. You know, it's like I mean, it's, it's what I've always felt very angry about most of the time to say, why do we need to be like to be able to be like, yeah, no, I, I just, I'm just here to sleep with you, and that's it. And I'm like, no. and, and the thing is, yes, let's hold space for people who are discreet and DL. But the problem lies when they're doing it to hurt other people and then, to benefit yeah, themselves. And to benefit themselves only. Mm. And the compromise of people who are out and queer, yes. therein lies the problem. Therein lies yeah. a huge, huge yeah. problem. So problem. don't be hypocritical. Yeah. I mean, and don't be surprised when you get out it. Yeah, because then. then, you know, you, you've, you, you've played that card. Yes. Yeah, you've done it, you've heard somebody else and you've done all of that stuff. I mean, what do you think about people hiding their prejudice behind their preferences? Shh. There's a lot of people who do that. A There's lot. A lot, of <laughs> a lot of people who do like, like, like yeah. Hiding their prejudice. Yeah. Their, their prejudice behind preferences. Behind this preferences. This is what I prefer. This is what I'm about, you know. But I think people don't understand where their preferences stem from. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's even the root cause yeah. now. Yeah. Maybe Maybe yeah. we should even start the conversation from like a real sheer... Ignorance yeah, yeah, of yeah. your own internal workings yeah, yeah. and why it's so easy for mm. you to then do that. Yeah. But explain that further. I want to understand yeah, exactly think, what yeah, you're saying. I think people don't understand where their their prejudice stems from. Okay. Sometimes we think we think, oh, it's because this is what I prefer. But nobody interrogates where does what I prefer come, come from? from? What stimulates you? Were you programmed where, 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 into programmed it? Programmed into it? Uh, Did I see something that I thought I liked? That you into, thought you liked? liked into Did it? you see something in your child? In your your child, parents? Parents somewhere was this. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's so many questions there. Yes. And I think a lot of people don't go there. Mm. They just say, this is what I know, this is it. Yes. It's like the same example that I always tell cis-head people. I'm like, sometimes... I feel like cis-head people were never given the opportunity to decide whether they're cis-head or not. Mm. They just get told, you're straight, this is it. Mm. But nobody ever says, you know, can I question? Am I straight? Am I really straight? Yes. You know, who gets to tell me that I'm straight? Straight. You get what I'm saying? And I think those things are things that we've got to be able to kind of just uh, dissect dissect as well. And figure out if it is actually there. Because the reality is that sexuality is a spectrum. It is. Right? It is. And so part of our human nature is highly complex. Yeah. Highly complex individuals, <coughs> and so part yeah. of our self-discovery is understanding those complexities, yeah, yeah. and just getting a grip of the, you know, getting a grip on them, and being ourselves. Is there enough queer representation in media? I mean, particularly in South Africa, and I think I want us to touch a little bit on that because I think there is, but we need a lot more work. And I also am frustrated by a lot of like the limitations in terms of broadcasting and mm. what people think is, is uh, they say we are a largely conservative country. Mm. And I think that's very limiting to us. Where people yeah, have so like it, allows, it allows, yeah. it allows, the, the excuse of our conservatism yeah. allows for um, the lack of representation. And yeah, yeah. uh, it just feels like an excuse at this point because now people are becoming, with knowledge and the access to internet, People are the have the capacity, up, yes, and so the, we, we, we don't have to rest on our laurels in terms of yeah. that anymore. But there is a, there is a bit of representation then for they, queer, well, you know. but then it's only within <sighs> one specific, yeah. shall I say, sex or gender, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then in that representation of gay men, 
it's always the gimmick type of it's crap. very like gimmicky yeah. also hypersexualized yeah, it's hypersexualized, also gotta be buff true. guys buff guy. yeah, and true. then it's always like there's no real authenticity with it so what they'll do is you know they'll get actors who are cishet who may feel uncomfortable with the kissing, the, role, scene. Yeah, the kissing scene and part of our uh, human experience is intimacy and so you have to be able to rip to tap into that authentically with no boundaries and no resistance and then even when they do do that mm. there's a lack of um sophistication yeah. Around that, and I haven't seen a lot of um, yeah, queer yeah, women Africa. being represented yeah, no. or, or trans. Yeah. I'm not seeing that a lot. So yes, you are right. There is a lot of work to do, and on top of the work, there is a lot of like um, detailed research and yeah, work that we have to thing. do yeah. in terms of how we represent the queer right. community. Yeah. What are the storylines that we write for them? Do these characters have large character arcs that really speak to uh, the reality of what were of the people in the communities and the the intimate moments? Are they? Are we going yeah, there yeah. in a sophisticated way? Yeah. Because we can't even do that for like cishet. Yeah, we we can't even shoot like yeah, sophisticated cishet sex scenes. What's your opinion on internal homophobia? I mean, internal homophobia is a huge thing. Um, you know, when people are feeling internally homophobic, I think I've experienced that, and I've heard other people that have experienced it, which I thought was so really, really not cool. I think for for those who uh, cannot quite grasp with terms, because. Mm. Yeah. Yes, internal homophobia means when you are within the community but you're homophobic towards other people. For example, if let's say I'm femme presenting mm. um, and then I can't hang out with people who are masculine presenting. Yes. You know, then the masculine presenting would be like, ah, we can't hang out with those gays because they're too, you know, they're trying to be girls. Oh, or, yeah. yeah. You know, they're trying <gasps> to be girls. Oh, yes. Or, I know. But or you're the t- kind of gay guy that I like because, you know, you're still a bit like, you know, you're cool vibe, you know, you chilled a bit. Oh, you're, you're not, know? you're not too you're not, out. You're, you're not, not too, too overt. Yeah, not too exposing out there, you know? And, and, yeah. and that's, that's internal homophobia. Yes. Yeah, and and we experience that quite a lot. Yes, yes, yeah. especially within our own community, yeah, community. as well, so, right? Yeah. What's your take on that? I mean, so, I an example of internal uh, homophobia mm. is when, as a bisexual woman, I'm deemed as confused yes, and yes, by yes, curious or promiscuous, promiscuous yes. like yes. Yeah. or. Inter- that's an example of internal homophobia Literally. that I have yes. experienced personally or like uh, for example being asked overt questions like when you're having sex with a woman do you need don't you think of a penis that is the last thing we're thinking about right. by the right. way just like, letting you just putting it out there that I'm not thinking uh, about penis when I'm right, having sex with a woman right. just letting just letting you know you know <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love that. You gotta tell them to the screen. Right? Yeah. You gotta Just gotta let y'all know. Yeah. Yeah, but thank you for sharing that. But yeah, what I'm saying is, um, 
there is internal yeah. homophobia yeah. that we do yeah. need to dissect even within each other in yeah. our queer community. Yeah. Um, it's very clicky, huh? Right, yeah, that's, that's a very... I don't like that. It's one of the reasons why I don't attend certain things sometimes. Right? And, I get, and it's so funny, I'll tell you this. I recently didn't want to attend a particular queer event. Yes. But the people who follow my work mm. like would bump into me. Are you going to this thing? Mm. You need to go to this thing. And I'm like, oh my no, God. No, not and necessarily. Then, and then I think I appreciated that because those are people who actually see my work yes. and understand that my presence and that particular event will be much appreciated to yes, some other people. Yes. And they got me to think like, because I was I, I was reluctant yeah. due to the fact that of the cliques. And I felt like we need not to do that because we're already being We're already being ostracized as it is, it is, right? So when we ostracize each other and like, or, or our like div divisive, yeah. it's like when we use the idea of black people being divisive with each other when they've already been ostracized and oppressed, yeah, that's yeah. not going to help or being tribalistic. Mm -hmm. So within our community as well, we just have to be inclusive and very supportive of very one another. True. Hang out with whoever you yeah, want to hang out, right? We're not like, saying just like, like be friends with be everybody. Yeah, I always say that. I said, guys, we're not saying be friends with everyone, but be cordial and be respectful. And also understand that like, you don't have to always be navigating life through just the, the clicks that make sense to the world. How <laughs> Exactly. Learn, How you are you going to expand uh, your mind and open your viewpoint? You. Anybody. anybody so, let's go to the next Because I feel like the inclusive, the, 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 um, the ho that homophobia, what? Mm, so internal what? homophobia. Internal homophobia. It's from the next one. Very true. Yeah. You know? What would you like to say to some queer person out there who is bisexual and who loves Didi Kuno and who's like, oh my God. I didn't no, she was bisexual yeah, yeah, too. I didn't know she was bisexual too. You know, and they're geeking out literally right now and by watching this episode and they just wanna know if they can have a sense of belonging. What words of encouragement would you tell them, really? I would tell I'm um, okay. Be yourself. Remember that your process of self discovery mm. is ongoing. It's a lifelong process. So you need to hold space for yourself. You need to be honest with yourself. You need to understand that your journey is not going to be like my journey yeah. and is not going to be like his journey yeah. or anybody else's journey in yeah. the room. And so you have to pay homage yeah. to your existence yeah. and be proud of who you are. And it can be difficult to do that in a society that is still very divisive and there's still a lot of stigma. But none of the big people that we love in society or that re we respect ever made it to the levels that they made it to yeah, yeah. by giving in and by running away from themselves and by not being true to who they are. Yeah. So you have to start with yourself and you have to start with accepting and loving yourself. And then from there, you navigate the world with a, my acting coach, Stephen Feinstein calls it a wisdom, a, a, a wisdom of the soul. Like you have to walk into a room and know that Nothing changes just because someone else doesn't understand your journey or doesn't value your your sexual preference or yeah. your background or your skin color or yeah. any of these external identity factors yeah. that we place on ourselves. You just got to know that you're a soul and you've just got to trust in the... Um, 
the journey that you are going and know that it's a unique one and know that that's fine. In fact, that's your power, that's your magic and run with it. Run, run with, with it. it darling. Listen, we're not done. We're not done. Listen, that doesn't need to know. We're not done. It is not done until we play. Who would you top? Bada! I love these games! <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, Didi, we're going to give you three names. And okay. You decide who would you top? I hope I know first. them. Yeah, let's see. We've got Scarabo Poppy. Garabo Papi. Garabo Papi, the illustrator, the gorgeous, amazing illustrator who did all the installations is on the Johnny Walker ad. Oh, yes! Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. And then we've got your Sid the Kid. You know Sid from the internet? Yes. That gorgeous, beautiful, yes. gorgeous queer woman <laughs> that I, I also like had a crush on at some point because, wow, guys. <laughs> and then we've got Tabang Mulaba. Yeah. Uh, so who would you talk? Bottom of uh, verse, honey. Okay. You gotta decide now. Um, I would top Sid. Ooh. Okay. I would top Garabo. Ah, you gotta top all of them. You gotta top one and then bottom the other. And bottom the other. Yeah, so you gotta choose one. Who's gonna be the one that you are topping? Oh, man. So you're topping Sid? You gotta choose. One wait, top, wait, 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 one wait, 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 wait. I think I will verse. Sid. Sid. Okay, you'll verse it. Yes. And then I'll bottom Garabo. Yes. Ooh, you'll bottom for Garabo. And yeah, no, she's gorgeous, guys. Yes, Woo! she's stunning. And then I'll I'll verse top Taba. Taba. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm dead. I am finished. <laughs> this has been but I would top all of them. Yeah, you're, you're definitely <laughs> good. You're like dominant. I see it. Listen, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for Thank coming through. Thank you for through. having me, Thank my you friend. for just enlightening us with your wisdom i consider you really one of those women out there that are just filled with wisdom i learn so much from you every time i have a conversation with you every time i see you i am enlightened by you and thank you so much for coming onto this platform thank you for holding space for us yeah. thank you for, for creating this space for yeah. us to have an open discussion and dialogue yes. about ourselves you've given me an opportunity yet again yes. as you always do to self-discover yeah. to self-introspect yeah. and to share a part of myself that i've always grown up being fearful of yeah. sharing yeah. so thank you for giving me this bravery yes. yeah. and for holding space for all of us yeah. thank, thank you. you oh my god and that's it ladies and gentlemen it's been and all the non-binary people in between because it's not just ladies and gentlemen yes ah, you know it <laughs> Listen, it's been an amazing conversation just getting to chat with Didi today. Please do make sure that you go and follow them on their social media platforms. Watch Isono on BET. Keep on supporting all the incredible work that they are doing. It's been an amazing chat today. My name is Mondi, the queer superhero. And remember to love yourself in all shades. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We love you. Oh, darling. Thank you. Oh, that was funny. <laughs>